0: Loudly all weekend,
1: passion of the crowd in Williams-Brice Stadium is second to none. The raid breaks out in Columbia. It is
2: good.
0: Gamecock fans, welcome home. See
2: how it goes. uh, But we'll be ready to go.
3: It's time to root.
0: Let's go, Carolina! It's gone. Touchdown! What a hit! He
4: makes it in! Can you believe it? The have won this game.
1: Here are your hosts, JC Sherbrooke. Phil watch him celebrate now. Phil Mullinex, My wife doesn't like hanging around losing, yeah.
3: And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty.
5: Yeah, there's been a lot of that going on. South Carolina athletically continues to just roll right along here in the spring of 2023. Greetings, good morning, and welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks. The show live from the Cinerama Studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. You'll notice a new face. His name's J.C. Sherbert. He he got captured by Mickey Mouse, but they did capture and release so he has returned home and returned to uh, our program and he will be with us luckily until one o'clock this afternoon today we all know phil he keeps it moving right along and of course i'm jb we'll be joined in about 15 minutes by john whittle of the BigSpur.com, which all of you should already be members to but if you're not You need to go ahead and subscribe, and then you need to turn around and tell 10 people also that are not members to the Big Spur. You also need to tell those 10 people to become members of Carolina Rise, and I'll let JC tell you more about that here in our program. Some major announcements uh, over the weekend with upcoming events, but John will be here to recap South Carolina's second consecutive sweep in the SEC. Folks, they're now in the top 10 and pretty much every single baseball poll that out there that matters, including, of course, Division I Baseball, D1Baseball.com, where they check in at number nine. Tonight, South Carolina is number one in women's basketball, and if they win, they will move on once again to the Final Four, looking to reclaim that national championship that they won last year, and it will be a repeat, as we all know from earlier in the season, Maryland. I've got some great stats on what Carolina has been able to accomplish uh, here this season, some on-the-court stuff, some off-the-court stuff, and we'll roll those out. Uh, Keith also will be here at the top of the 12 o'clock hour, the noon hour, and he'll preview that ball game with us uh, as well. We've got a lot more to get to in baseball. There's some football stuff going on. We've got an announcement all of a sudden that popped out of nowhere this week. And um and we'll let JC fill us in on what he knows with that. The final four is set. It's the most unlikely final four we could have possibly imagined. Uh, and I'm excited about that, frankly. So I don't know how we'll get through it all, guys, in the next hour and fifty four minutes, but we're gonna figure out how to do that. And uh most importantly, happy birthday today to Phil's beautiful bride. She turns thirty five years old and um twenty nine.
1: 20, oh, yeah twenty nine again that's right twenty oh, nine yeah twenty nine
5: right. <laughs> <29. laughs> yes my
1: darling Dina I love you baby happy birthday
5: all right Cradle Robin Phil uh, leading us <laughs> off with some uh, some big news today here on Inside. The <laughs> <laughs> J-C, what's uh, up, hey, I, well, I'm
4: glad I saw
5: that because you know
4: like Dina's one of my best friends right, and so I didn't happen to look at Facebook today, and then I, so I don't remember anybody's birthday when that happens. Uh, and I feel but mine's easy to remember because it's the day after Christmas. Um, two of my brothers and three of my cousins were born in March. So was my grandmother. So I always get them confused. So I'm glad Phil had that right there because I just shot off that text, you know, happy birthday, Dita. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I'm glad that happened. But uh, certainly, yeah. Uh, Happy that uh, she's celebrating her
1: birthday today and and all that good stuff. This is a big uh, week for birthdays for me. We finished the year. It's like, yeah, I got my wife's today. My dad's tomorrow. And then Friday is my youngest daughter's birthday. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a loaded week for birthdays. That's how I
5: start the month, Phil. Uh, Yep. (laughs) My kids are March 2nd. My wife is March 8th. It's a very expensive week. That's right. (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) And we all apparently get real We really
5: need these people to spend money with our <laughs> partners around here cuz we, we, we two.
4: got two in May. We got uh we got Nats on the 3rd and then the moose was born on the 18th or 20th, one of those days. Hmm. So um it's kind of spread out though around here. Uh, the other mm-hmm. ones in August, so not not a bad deal. Of course, Red uh his, his birthday's in March cuz that's when I got him.
5: That's when yeah. we celebrate our birthday. Yeah. Well,
4: his perfect. birthday.
5: Maybe maybe just putting um, on St. Patty's Day every year. Red, you're wearing green. <laughs> me, and,
4: me and Red, Red, Red are wearing green getting tanked. <laughs> By the way, last Friday I ventured out to the uh, to the bar after I got off with you guys for St. Paddy's Day. And oh my dear sweet Jesus. Uh it's the middle of the day. And, and you and, and like I said, St. Patrick's Day up here is like a national holiday. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not just oh, let's go to a festival the Saturday of or I mean, they, they, everybody's wearing green everybody's off work um the bar was so packed there were grown men walking out of the bar to take a leak in like the in the bushes because wow. they you know it's a smaller bathroom smaller bar uh but we enjoyed March madness out there with some good friends of ours and all that good stuff <sighs> but uh yeah, St Day is legit around here. Uh, I'm like <laughs> like yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, let's eat some corned beef and cabbage and get tanked. Yeah, yeah. beef sandwich.
5: Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much of those, how much of those drunk fellas remember of March Madness, but like, there's no way that we could have predicted what we're, what we've just watched, guys. This is, this is nutty. Do you like it? Do y'all? I was asked this question this morning. These, so, if you're in the Final Four, you're either really good or you're really hot or both. Right? There's no other way around it. I mean, yeah, there's probably some luck in there, but you're you got to get that far. You, you are good. So I think we have the four hottest teams in the country. Doesn't that make for an excellent Final Four? Right. I well, love it. Different.
1: I mean, I think just, I just look did. at the games we watched to get here, JB. I mean, it's been awesome. This has been fun basketball to watch.
4: I agree. I, I, I like it. I, I like the Cinderella stories. Uh, I I thought when I saw San Diego State play Charleston, and also. Yeah, that was a competitive game, and Charleston did not play their best game. They had their chances. Had their chances. Uh, think about that. Think about how good Charleston actually was yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, and I thought, my goodness, San Diego State's got – so, so there's some research on their coach, and y'all remember Steve Fisher who uh, recruited the Fab Five and uh, yep. was at Michigan, and they got in trouble for cheating. Uh, well, he got kind of like – Ostra abolished uh, out to the West coast. He took over San Diego state. He coached there 17 years and they sort of overtook like UNLV and those schools out in the mountain West as the team to beat. Uh, and then his top assistant is now the head coach there. So they've been working at this for a while, kind of like Gonzaga, you know, didn't break through for a long time, but they were legit. So, so I, you know, this, this did not completely shock me uh, Alabama this year has had some games that uh, they didn't play well in um, Carolina one of them. And, uh, and that, it came out, came back to bite him against the Aztecs. Uh, and, uh, and then it was just an amazing game yesterday. You know, Miami sort of was knocking on the door last year, uh, Jim Laranega getting the U back. Um, and then UConn. Wimp Sanderson told me uh, on the show uh, the day before the tournament started on the show at Tuscaloosa, the day of the tournament that started, uh, he was like talking about if Alabama would win it or not, but he's like, UConn to me is one of the best teams in the country. They said played like it. Well, I watched him against Iona, and I'm a big Patino guy, so I took Iona. Iona's playing their butt off, uh, hitting shots, drilling threes. They're only up two. UConn turns it on the second half, fellas. Wow. Uh, and Wimp Sanders. So, so hey, I maybe maybe should have trusted him, uh, you know, and, and taken UConn uh, to go. And then Florida Atlantic's just an amazing story. I mean, their coach kind of came out of nowhere. He was in the system under Mike White at Florida. Um, their team is an older, veteran team, uh, and they're legit. And uh, they're a great, great story. It's kind of interesting. You got two of the teams in the Final Four from South Florida, uh, yeah. And then you got, uh, and then you got UConn, who's kind of an established team, and then San Diego State. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's a lot of small fan bases, you know. Uh, UConn's probably the largest fan base, uh, you know, oh, and, and only two high majors. Now, what I think this is dead. What, I, where I think this is bad is the net ranking, and you start to see people start to complain. That. The commissioner of the ACC started to complain about the net ranking, and the the, the selection committee is too dependent on it. Uh, and, and I think this proves it. And I think last year proved it too when. You got an eight seed, North Carolina, who was grossly underseeded because of the net, uh, and then they go all the way to the Final Four. I, I just, I think there's too much, you know, that goes into that. That's not about winning basketball games. It's more about stats. And hey, man, you want to play fantasy football? Go play fantasy football. Look at the net. Or, sorry, fantasy basketball. Go look at the net. But I, I, I just don't think they value wins and losses. Uh, as much as they should, and then forget about the eyeball test because I, I don't think anybody knows, you know, in that in that meeting room anymore. So uh, I think that sucks, and I think that's why we have two mid-majors uh, in Miami in the Final Four, um, and, and I think they need to really take a good look at that uh, because, yeah, look, Cinderella stories are great. Weird Final Fours are great. I love them. But this starts happening year after year after year, then your seeding process is an issue. And I see a bad trend happening with it. There's too many good teams that got left out. I don't care what anybody says. Clemson should not have gotten left out, um, and and I think that, uh, among others. And, and I just think that at the end of the day, they got to go back and look at look at the net, look at how they've tweaked it, because they tweaked it after the first year and de-emphasized wins and losses and, and emphasized this bullcrap uh, these metrics, these chem, this Ken Palm stuff, and, and all that. And that's great for fans. And, and I love Kim Palm, and that's great to look at. But it should not determine who gets in and who gets out. Because that's style of play. that And, and the object is to win the game, not look pretty doing it. And, uh, and that's bad for the sport of basketball. So I've had my rant there about that. But that's why we got Florida Atlantic and Miami, San Diego State, and uh, UConn in the Final Four.
5: Yeah, well, to your point, it's connecting the dots because the the net rankings when the tournament was announced, um, you had UConn was 8th, Florida Atlantic 13th, and San Diego State 14th, Miami 35th. So you had three of the top 14 teams by the net ranking that are in the Final Four right now. Um, So it's just... In my opinion, it's smoothing out the process, right? And and trying to fit, trying to perfect it a little bit. It was never going to be perfect. None of this is, yeah. but but I mean, but I what it what it actually proves though here, JC. What I'm saying, connecting the dots, is to the seeding, right? So I, I don't know that Florida Atlantic. They're a nine seed, and there's a chance that the national championship could have two teams in it, separated by 53 miles on I-95. Right, Florida Atlantic and Miami, Boca Raton to Coral Gables. Um, I don't know that if the net actually correlated with the, the rankings and the seeding. I'm not sure that people would be shocked to see Florida Atlantic here, but they are because it's a nine seed. If you actually went strictly by the net and by the eyeball test, you would have actually probably had FAU as a much higher seed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, I and I'm in an agreement with you there. I mean, I, I think with my, my co- complaint
4: about the net is it's used as a more of a barrier to to keep teams out than than how necessarily you know the teams that got in because all these teams that you mentioned were they were getting in regardless. Right. Um, so what I think they do is when they get to the first four out, last four out, whatever, they just go strictly off the net, uh, and that leaves some deserving teams out. And then, you're right, they open up a whole nother can of worms with the seeding process, which is asinine, you know. UConn should have never been a four, you know. So so it's like they're selectively using criteria to seed the field, but then they're keeping other – they're not using that criteria to evaluate the teams that should have gotten in. That's just my rant on it. Um, I, I think that uh, – I think the net sucks, uh, I think, <laughs> even though largely, like you said, they, they all – Teams in it were ranked highly than the seating. I think mean, the seating is even worse. Uh, and I think they got to do something about it. I mean, I, I think that uh, a, a, as much as the football committee, which we'll probably have some problems with that down the road because all these people are ancient, they still think it's the 1980s and the object is to go undefeated. Um, <laughs> oh, they're undefeated. You're in. I don't care if you have played nobody. Um, you know, the, so there's that. You know, I, as much as the football committee does. Baffle you at times. The basketball committee to me has gotten worse and worse and worse uh, as members of the national basketball media have influenced the process more and more. And to get those guys out of it. You know, get let's, uh, let's oh, get there's... back to get back to the day. You know, where you know you, you just sit there and listen to, to folks like Andy Katz or whatever say over and over how bad the ACC is based on these metrics. You know, and and of course you're gonna say, oh well they're bad, but it's like a, it's like a chicken. You know, chicken one chicken starts clucking. The other one starts.
5: Yeah. There's plenty of that in the next, you know, and so
4: everybody years. just starts, yeah. you know, believing it, you know, and um, uh, and I don't like it, but anyway, uh, I well, think it, that uh, I will be watching the final four, and I will be pulling for FAU.
5: I'm pulling for or F- F- Aztecs. I'm. Pulling. Yeah. I want to see FAU and Miami in the championship game. I just think mm-hmm. that'd be a neat situation.
4: Well, you know, Jimmy, South Florida's been an emerging basketball hotbed for a long time. I mean, that it's when you think of great basketball places, you, you do think of New York uh, and L.A. and New Jersey and Philly uh, and Detroit and Chicago and places like that up north. But South Florida really, I mean, it takes takes a backseat to no one. Uh, and Jim has done such a great job there because he sells the school. Uh, their NIL, uh, as much as I talk about it, not working for football, and I'll stand by that. But I've always said, for basketball, it's a different game. You mm-hmm. know, because you can go get a mercenary – and, and and get get hot at the right time and be okay, uh, so their nil things working. Larranaga is a great coach, um, you know. Then you got the stories like uh, FAU and San Diego State, and you know, uh, and then UConn. Um, you know, Danny Hurley really very impressive uh, what he's done with his team. They're big and they're athletic and they can shoot. Um, so it's going to be a heck of a matchup, I think. Um, you know, when you uh, when you watch them play. Uh, the FAU Owls in a couple of they play FAU right, and then San Diego State and Miami.
5: Right. Yeah. 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 You got the, Am I yeah. right with that? No. No. You got well. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, and then Miami UConn coming up uh, after that.
4: Oh. Okay. So. Oh. So we're gonna have Florida Atlantic or San Diego State in the
5: final. In the final. Yeah. yeah Either way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, we, we, there's right. a good chance that there could be a number one seed in the final of women's basketball. We'll get to that later because uh, Keith Alsup's going to join us and a pretty good one to have on game day when it comes to South Carolina women's hoops. But we do need to hit a timeout. Carolina swept again this weekend. They are rolling and into the top ten. John Whittle covered it all, and he'll join us right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show when we return. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
6: today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
5: The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster.
1: Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? reserve your hotel stay with fan plans your booking supports inside the gamecocks and the big spur plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points visit fanplans.com slash inside the gamecocks
0: what's up game cognition this is jacob moore from the dmv and you are listening to the show
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John. Talk about how they can turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat for the summer. And, of course, first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Get send, give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. We are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than the inimitable John Whittle, best one in the business to cover and talk about baseball. <laughs> John, uh, is Ethan Petrie the best freshman in the league, in the in, in the whole in game the world. this year? <laughs> best freshman in the world this year? In the, in the ultraverse. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't even know how to put it. He's so fun to watch here lately. <laughs>
3: He's, he's been awesome. He's been absolutely awesome. And, and, you know, I didn't really see it coming. And we did a, uh, uh, he just announced his, his Carolina Rise deal, uh, what, about an hour ago, maybe. And, you know, when I was talking with him, when we were doing the paperwork, he said, I mean, I didn't see me being able to do all this just yet. He said, my goal is just to hit a home run this year. Well, now he's up to 10. <laughs> so he's he's a by by a small margin. So uh, but but man, he he's been awesome. I'm working on a, a piece right now, kind of looking back at some of the other top freshmen to to come through South Carolina, at least from a, from a position player standpoint. And man, he's off to a he's off to a, a start that puts him in that category of, of uh, right there with the best. Yeah, I told Smoke last
5: week, I said, dude, this guy is blowing your freshman numbers out of the door he well I can't I can't publicly say what he (laughs) response was to me but John you've known Justin a long time let's just say he wasn't he wasn't thrilled with my with the dig uh look man they it really is incredible what they're doing right now they're up to five in the RPI um they're in the top 10 and look at the cushion they've given themselves John it's 6-0 and in the league in spite of the fact that their potential first rounder and Will Sanders has not been the Will Sanders that we were hoping to see by now, his the start the other night was. Um, it seemed to me like he's kind of been missing uh, down, you know, in the strike zone because he hadn't walked a lot of guys, and then maybe nibbled a little bit on Friday night and, and just couldn't really find it. But but in spite of that, they're twenty three and two, John, and they've given some themselves real cushion here because you've got seven. Midweeks left, right? And you've got 24 conference games left. John, if you play 500 baseball down the road in conference 12 and 12, and you go five and two in your midweeks, you've won 40 games. And you're a surefire national seed at that point, knocking on the door of a top eight. So, you know, they're not playing with house money, but kind of unexpectedly are at the same time.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's been a great start to the year. I mean there there's no no doubt about that. I mean I I thought that uh the non-conference portion of the schedule would would uh be pretty easy for South Carolina to navigate. They even did so a little bit better than than I thought by about two games and and then uh you know I didn't certainly didn't think two sweeps were coming. Not that um you know Georgia and Missouri are the class of the league, but you know, you you've really positioned yourself well going forward and Mississippi State is certainly reeling right now. And you know, maybe this will be the week that, you know, everything comes together for him and, and, and Vandy is a rallying cry and and, uh, and and things come together. But they certainly don't show any signs of of doing anything like that right now. Their pitching numbers are atrocious. Their defensive numbers are even worse. Um and they're only mid pack in the league offensively in in most most major statistical categories. So if you if you're South Carolina, you feel really good about going into this weekend with with the matchup that uh you know they they have.
5: And we we gotta remind ourselves it is the road in the SEC. You know, it's it's all about not getting swept on the road, certainly trying to win two of three. You probably know this number for those that don't. This really is incredible. Let's remember, Mississippi State won the national championship in 2021. We're not even two years removed from that yet. we still got three months to go. They have lost 17 straight games in the SEC, dating back to last season. 17 straight. That includes the end of the year, the SEC tournament,
3: and the start to 2023. John, 17 straight I I didn't know that number, but that that's incredible. I mean, so, sometimes teams just come together, right? Like, and that's the way it was for Mississippi State a couple of years ago. They had some some just uh, transformative figures in in that dugout. They were all really old. I mean, they they turned over their entire roster last year, but you don't you don't usually see this kind of fall this quickly, regardless of of, of the circumstance. But but man, it's it's been it's been tough to watch for. With a with a head coach out there who's a really, really good guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question.
4: Yeah, Chris Lamonis And uh, Great guy, I, I saw, uh, I think, our 24-7 sports guy that covers uh, Mississippi State baseball tweeted, if you weren't worried about this team before now, start worrying. And that was before they lost two more games last weekend. Uh, so, I got to give credit to Whittle, too, for football. Uh, and I, I said I was going to say this. I posted it on the Big Spur. The DeCarry joined Jointed a Running Back thing. Whittle called this in 2020. We were wow. sitting there after Marshawn Lloyd got hurt. I was on the phone with him and he's like, Man, I'd move DeCarry and Jointed a Running Back. And I'm like, That's a great idea. That never happened. Well, now it's happened. And I always said that if it happened, I'm giving Whittle public credit for it. Yeah, you because know, because he's the yeah you know, he is the best baseball guy out there. But he doesn't get enough credit, I think, for the football, basketball, and everything else he does. So I am hear me, Mr. Talent Evaluator Guy in football, I'm, I'm telling you, John Whittle called three years ago to carry a Jordan to running back. And doggone it, if it doesn't look like, at least for right now, according to reports from Tony Morell and others,
3: then it may work out. So, <laughs> well, hey, hats off. While while I appreciate that, let's let's be sure he doesn't fumble on the first carry and see if he can get it past get past the line of <laughs> scrimmage first. So pra- practice reports aren't always all, aren't always accurate, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes.
5: <laughs> the the humbleness of of John Whittle, I um, right. JC, not to to uh, to to steal your shift into to football, but I wanted to make sure that Hold I up. was. Because I just saw this in the Nana Sports chat box here, and I hadn't looked at this stat yet. It's it's a little bit under that now, but oh my god, the team ERA for Mississippi State this year in SEC play is fourteen point nine eight. I've never seen that before. That's wow, um, John. W- w- have you learned anything at all in the last forty eight hours, or learned more about the game plan to replace Will McGillis for the next? Or you know, foreseeable future month plus.
3: Um, not not too much just yet. I mean, I, I do know there are several options, and one is just to roll with what they did on on Saturday and, and keep Will Tippett in there at second base. They internally they they love that kid and think he's got a huge future in the program. He could very well be the starting shortstop next year, potentially starting second baseman. Very good middle infielder, defensively switch hitter at, at, at bat, uh, speed, quick twitch. Like he's, he's really good, um, but they got a couple other options too. They can put Braswell in there at second base, Michael Braswell in there at second base. You know, that's not where he's most comfortable. He's always been a left side of the infield player. What they can do is put put Braswell over there at third base and, and move LaCroix over there to second. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a, a, a pretty easy shift for for LaCroix to be able to do. He's played a lot of second base in his life, um, and and he practices there too because his – as y'all see south carolina shifts a lot defensively and when they when they do they put talmage over there on the other side of the second base bag so it won't be uh it, it wouldn't be a hard transition for him he practices that he's done it done it in games plenty taking plenty of ground balls over there so that that would be a very easy transition too but those are those are basically the options and you know with the way that mark kingston has a tendency to to make changes to his lineup on an almost game by game basis. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to to see him tinker with a couple of different things. Uh, but you know, with it being probably a six week injury, I know I know they said four to six weeks. I tend to think it's probably going to be closer to six. Uh, with it being you know six week deal, you've got to um, it, it can't be a band aid solution. You you've you've got to get get into a comfortable spot. So
5: I'll give you, I'll throw you two names. I'll let these guys, uh, you know, we'll go around the horn from here. Braswell, once again, big AB on Friday night, you know, they come all the way back and win that game. He, his, I know he had a, you can call it a rough one if you want to against Charlotte last week, but that's, that's, that's long been forgotten with what he's done in the opening game of both SEC series uh, this season coming off the bench. We might add here, uh, John. So, get your thoughts on on Braswell and how mentally he's been able to kind of get back in there and kind of like Top Gun, right? You know, come on, Mav, re-engage, re-engage. We did. And then also kind of your thoughts on where we are with um, with Will Sanders. We all know how good his stuff is, but what you saw on Friday night versus what you've seen prior to that. And they've got the, you can't just change the rotation. They're, they're playing on Thursday this week. So, you, you, you know, you can't just move Noah Hall up. It's not going to work like that. But I want to get your thoughts there, too.
3: Yeah, with, with Braswell, um, you know, Kingston said uh, a few days ago that you know Braswell's been engaged the whole time. You know, I, I mean, I think the head coach is certainly going to say that publicly. It hasn't really been been that clear. Um, you know, he wasn't around the team a whole lot in, in the off season last, last summer. He was off, kind of doing his own thing, and and um, you know, he's just. He really, since the Clemson series, I, I think was kind of the wake up call for for him that he needed to to kind of work a little bit harder and, and re with with everybody over there a little bit. And he's done a really nice job since then. And you know, Kingston has alluded to that that the last he, he said, uh, I guess it was prior to uh, Georgia uh, or right after his game winning hit that the last two or three weeks have been been great for Braswell, and and they were, and and it's continued. So you know he's earned his opportunity to to get out there and and, and get some playing time, and he's he's made the most of it and most of his chances. Everybody kind of laid an egg that 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 game in Charlotte and Braswell included. So um, difficult day for him, but i i would I would try to get him in there a little bit. And then with Sanders, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday week this week, and you can't move kids up two days especially at, at this point in the season just in general um you know you can, so you can't bump Noah from Saturday to, to starting Thursday and just drop Sanders back and same with Mahoney from from well I guess it would be Saturday to, to Friday but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see James Hicks uh, that's yeah. not me projecting that necessarily uh but I wouldn't be surprised to to see James Hicks uh get get a start on Thursday this week and you know whether you move Sanders up uh, or, or or keep Sanders in there or, or not. I, I'm I'm not sure. I would have a tendency to to lean to move up uh, Noah a, a day. And you know Jack was moved up from from Sunday to Saturday this week, so you know he'd be pitching on a full week's rest. So I, I kind of think you see James Hicks, but you know I, I don't know that for sure. Wow.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Would it be you're saying in a starting role, potentially, this is all potential before this makes its way back to the message boards as it did to me last week. <laughs> correct. Saying this, something that you didn't say. Yeah, yeah. Um, correct. You're, you're saying I, potentially.
3: I think you can see Will Sanders come out of the bullpen this weekend, is, is what I'm getting to. James Hicks starting on Thursday and and Will Sanders coming out of the bullpen. Now that's not that's not any kind of uh sourced information. That's me me kind of Reading some mind. key leaves yeah. and 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 you know just kind of, I I can see it being a possibility. I'm I'm not saying Will Sanders is definitely coming out of the rotation, but I can see him coming out of the bullpen this week.
5: So there's like wow. there's a lot to unpack here, John, from a, from like a mental standpoint because I'm thinking about a lot of different. Number one, I'm thinking about like the stats you rolled out a minute ago. Like Mississippi State they don't swing it very well either, so it is a great chance where you can maybe get your guy going. You also don't want to go on the road and have your ace who's been struggling get lit up by the worst team in the league so you want to protect him there you could do things like a like a pds like a predetermined split like we're going to give you four and we're going to Hicks in the fourth or fifth or whatever so there's a, there are a lot of options here without just changing or moving up your saturday sunday guys to your friday saturday roles or i guess the day earlier this week but so we'll yeah we'll see what happens it's that would be something what, what are you thinking there, J.C.? Your hair looks good, by the way. I meant to tell you that earlier. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's
4: gorgeous, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah so the, the Nano Sports chat box has some things. Um, I guess you answered this from Chad. Will Carolina take a dip at second base? Uh, and uh, how does the new uh, – say? how does that affect the batting lineup? I, I guess you addressed that. Uh, Ed says – have you have, have Carolina's pitchers done a good job of holding runners on? He's concerned a running team might give the gamecock catchers fits.
3: Um, yes. Uh, the, in short, most of the pitchers have done a good job of, of, of holding runners. Um, you know, throwing out base stealers is not going to be uh Cole Messina's strength. Um, it's at least not this year. Maybe that's something he, he can improve upon a little bit more in the offseason. But the pitchers need to do a really good job of holding runners, and, and most of them do and most of them have. Um you know but that's another thing Mississippi State's terrible at. Teams have stolen all over the place. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, they're, they're terrible at so many things, like it's mind-boggling. <laughs>
5: like I'm, I'm with you, man. I don't get we it.
3: We had a crazy amount of walks. Um, uh, and South Carolina is a team that walks a ton. Yeah, I may be at the ballpark each day for four hours just watching South Carolina walk to first base. Um, so but but yeah, the the answer the answer to the question, yeah. I mean, it's something that is uh, a little bit worrisome but at the same time south carolina's not really allowing a whole lot of runners on base anyway so they're they're doing a good job of holding runners on but they're they're doing a pretty good job of keeping them off base too so you know that's obviously been been really beneficial uh, John. one more
4: thing 70 our boy 76 has another question uh, question here real quick yes. what's the change at evan stone at the plate his approach has been solid seems his confidence is high he said, "If he improves and plays like that, put him back in center field." What say you? I know this is a guy you were really high on back in the in the fall. Kevin yeah, and,
3: and, still, and still am. I mean, his swing can get too long, and you know that's just that that's that's his issue. Is is his swing gets long, and um, he's just he's just not that kind of guy. And you know, when when his his swing's short, he he does a little bit better, um, but. You know he he's not going to be a guy who is going to light you up offensively. Uh, he can do some things well offensively. Uh, I don't anticipate many more two home run games in his career. Although, you know, Billy Anderson told me one day he's pound for pound about the strongest guy on the team. Uh, but he's got some twitch and he's got some speed. Uh, he'll he'll work walks. He'll he'll get hit. Um, you know, I I I think he can do okay in, in there offensively to to be the nine hole guy, but. But man, the, the kid was also he also led the team in batting average in the fall. So he's he's got something in there, and it's not like you know he was facing just a, a bunch of a bunch of cruddy pitchers. He was facing a good pitching staff and and put up good numbers in, in a small in a large sample size of at bats. So he led the team in batting average in in, in about sixty at bats. So that's that's solid there. Uh, so he's he's got he's got it in there to be be more competitive than what he's shown for sure and I want, I want to
5: back up John's uh, claim earlier of you know Carolina versus base stealers yeah they 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 haven't thrown enough out they do need to throw more out that when they do attempt but they've only attempted 16 this year against South Carolina overall uh and then to to back to back that point up again, again, and John, I feel bad like laughing because I, I'm with you. I I have so much respect for Chris Lemonis and Scott Foxhall. It's it's not even funny. I've known these guys a long time. They're amazing people, but like some of these numbers, I, again, I, I I don't, I don't know what's happened here. I mean, opponents are 47 of 54 in stealing bases against them, and I mean 40. That's and then you've you've got the walk the walks. Carolina pitchers this year have walked 71 guys. Mississippi States have walked 158. They've only played
3: 25 games. <laughs> that's, that's 40 more than the 13th place team. Texas it's, A&M's walked 118. Mississippi States walked 158. Like it's, the the how bad they are in some in some ways is is really mind blowing. It's it's almost like pulling a team out of the. I don't know the big South and and putting them in in the sec and, and expecting them to, to compete every every day. It's just, I, I just, I I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I I don't get it with some of these numbers.
5: John, they've given up 17 home runs in six sec
3: games. They they have 35 errors. I mean, Florida's got 26. That's the second worst. I mean, they've got 35 errors. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's bad. It, it's, it's bad out there, and you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that it gets turned around. You know, really quickly, and you know, not. And, and I'm not saying they can't win two or three this weekend from South Carolina. It's it's very possible that they can go out there and sure. and, and, and play well enough to to somehow pull pull it out. But I mean, if you're South Carolina, you got to feel really good about the way you're playing and and the place you're walking into with how how they're playing so i mean the the numbers just don't fit what they are from a talent standpoint yeah they, i'm with you the walk the walks scored lot, too, so,
4: yeah. 55 runs
5: yeah that first game i i i turned it off when it was four to one i flipped it over to something else and, the, and then i saw the score the <laughs> next day i thought Oh,
4: no, that did. Well, they, they came back and won 18 up. to five the next day. It's 26 to
3: three, 18 to five, and 11 to seven. Wow. Are you going, John? Are you going yeah. to start? I'm headed to Starkville. You know, the one point that I, I want to make that I think needs to be made is, is South Carolina this year has, has been really competitive, even when they're down for, for all 27 outs. But last yeah. year's team, even though they were below 500, they competed their tails off last year for 27 outs every day. And we've yeah. seen. Mississippi State get blown out. We saw Auburn give up 16 runs in an inning um Saturday. Uh we I mean South Carolina mercy rule Georgia in seven innings twice on on uh last weekend like teams are losing by mercy rule and giving up just non-competitive innings a lot here lately. South Carolina didn't do that at all last year. And I think that that's something that needs to be kind of reflected upon because South Carolina is as is bad as is, is we see that they were last year and, and short on talent. They would not have been mercy ruled in a seven inning game last season. Um, and, and I think that's a credit to, to those players who, even though they were short on talent in a lot of ways, kept going out there and competing. And, you know, we're seeing that a, a, again this year. Now, South Carolina would have been, Mercy ruled, I think, three times last year in eight innings, but but never in seven innings, and never did they give up sixteen runs in an inning like like Auburn. Or, yeah, Auburn did against Georgia. So some of the stuff is just crazy. But you know, the compete level uh, is, is continues to be high at South Carolina. That's a great point.
5: They they don't quit. I mean, they've proven that this year by coming back and winning games, and even like the the Charlotte game, for instance. I mean, they they had the winning run, the tying run at the plate in the ninth. Everybody thought that game was over two, three innings prior. So, and Coach Lake pointed that out on our show on Friday. You know, these guys, you better stick around for twenty-seven outs uh, to to see what happens. Well, safe travels, John. Uh, who's your pick now to win the national championship?
3: Is it uh, San I Diego State? Track or? or who's in it now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think you are going to see the the worst ratings in any Final Four in a long time. I mean, I, I mean, I. I think team. I think fans want to maybe maybe not want to see Blue Bloods. I mean, I, Blue Bloods will obviously always bring you the best ratings, but they want to see teams that they've watched all year too. And and uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'll be curious to to uh, to see what the ratings look like at the end of this. We all love the the underdog stories and the and the upsets and March Madness and and, and all that kind of good stuff. But I I think we only like that for. For the first couple of rounds and, and, you know, maybe into the sweet 16, maybe, maybe you can get behind one Cinderella, but, but three, um, four, I'm not, I'm not so sure about. So anyway, that, that's, that's my thought. That, that is an interesting point because I think to your point,
5: guys, like if you had like Florida Atlantic versus Alabama in the national championship, number one, people would be wanting to watch Alabama. Number two, people would be wanting to go to tune in to go. Could this really happen? Like, could, yeah. David, David Goliath,
7: if
4: yeah. it's David versus David, well, it's yeah, just, a, just, a, just, a, just a matchup of David's, <laughs> yeah. it's just a
1: couple of John guys, guys throwing guys. rocks at each other <laughs>
7: <laughs> like, eh,
4: slap fight, uh, but well, uh, yeah, like, you know, but anyway, John, one more one quick thing 30 seconds. Missouri, how good are they on the diamond this year? Uh, I mean, because I know they swept Tennessee. Gave the Gamecocks all they wanted in two games. Um how good do you think that team is? Uh,
3: you know, and that was another thing that I, I wanted or I was alluding to about compete level. I mean, I, I think Missouri went out there and battled for uh well, I won't say I, I can't do the math, 27, 30, 30 innings, I guess, <laughs> for uh-huh. over the course of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really it was really impressive the way they competed. Now they've they've had some arm injuries. They had arm injuries coming into the coming into the weekend and, and had a couple more on the weekend. So I, I don't know that they're going to be able to um, win as many SEC games as I thought they would because now they've become short on, on the mound. But but those, those hitters battle. I mean, Luke Mann was preseason first team all SEC, their third baseman who hit three home runs on Friday night. He's going to continue to be good. Uh, Wilms Meyer, their center fielder, uh, who came in and pitched some, he's really good. They've got a freshman, Bargo, who's really, really good. Uh, going to be somebody to watch for in the league going forward. Um, you know, I I, th- I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll end up not finishing, um, you know, in the bottom of the East, which they were predicted to finish last in the East by a large margin. Um, I, I think they are at least able to get Georgia, if not if not maybe somebody else too. So uh, I, I, I admire the way they play, and I, I think they'll be in the SEC tournament this year if that means anything.
5: The East certainly, right now, looks looks like the better division, uh, which those will be going away soon. But I always call it the East, so for whatever that's worth, as well. All right, John. Well, uh, safe travels to Starkville, and uh, and get out there and uh, let us know who's wearing number thirty-seven, backing up the fourth string kicker in practice this week. Because, <laughs> well, you know, you know, all those message boards, Well, who's this guy? Why is he there? Why is he on the ground?
3: Right. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll 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 do our best to bring bring you everything you need, including. <laughs> Including the uh, four-string punter. <laughs> yeah, why? Why is this guy catching punts? He doesn't need to be out there. <laughs> you know, get him out of there. Shane doesn't know what he's doing. Fire Ray. All right.
5: Uh, appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thanks, <See ya>. John. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, a. It's going to be a. That's uh... JC. Your hair's not. Pr- fire Ray. Fire. Him, fire, him, fire. Fire. fire him. That
1: that's right. Carolina's in the ball. top
5: ten. They should be number one. Fire. Him. Fire Ray Tanner. Fire. Him. Get rid of him. Fire. Fire.
1: If Ray right. Tanner were coaching this team, they'd be number five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> All this talent.
1: Yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. All right. Great right. right, right. time. We, we got time with them.
5: Out. We'll be right back.
4: I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost, turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big
5: game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina.
6: You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Side and it off. Brad
1: Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown,
0: South Carolina. Chickens, the racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the cool, star of the show. Your rooster who's was born a pro. I bet you wonder when when you win, I lost a step or two. Fell down the deck in order,
1: couldn't Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sun Give John and his team a call. John B. at ExpressSunRooms.com is one way to get in touch with them via email. 803-446-4662 is the way to get in touch with them by phone. They'll be happy to talk to you about getting some more sunshine into your life this summer. And uh, we didn't get Whittle's thoughts on uh, Premier League. Sorry, no. we didn't have more time, right Ah,
5: uh, I forgot about that. yeah is he... Uh... I don't watch the Premier League, but I did learn something this morning about Bill Gunner. Bill's a fan of whoever's number one in any sport. So he, <laughs> he is, I said, I said, I bet you're a Yankees fan, aren't you? He goes, uh, Well, yeah, but that's for a different reason. I'm like, Oh, it's not the 27 championships. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what are you, a Bulls fan in the 90s? Cowboys fan in '95? ring chaser um, yeah oh yeah that's what i <laughs> him. i was like bill i said now now i realize why you don't care about watching the final four this weekend because you got your top ranked oklahoma softball team welcoming ninth ranked texas to town uh so he's he's all he's yeah he's all fired up hey i gotta mention this real quick i was out at the uh i took the kids to the beach yesterday and jc we went to the beach down here in march beautiful mm. and yes. um and um, this so I, we were just kind of sitting there collecting some stuff. This cat comes flying by me on an electric bike, and he got yeah. it from Electric Bikes of Charleston. I mean, he didn't listen to our show, so I, I wish that I could have thrown that plug in there. But dude, he was roaring down and he ended up coming back. And uh, and I said, How do you like that thing? Good, where'd you get it? He said, Electric Bikes, it's over in Mount Pleasant. I said, Yep, I know exactly who they are. Uh, so if you want to be like the guy on the beach, there was no fear. Dogs, jellyfish, anything that was in front of them, it was up to them to move because he was not. electricbitescharleston.com or if you're in the low country, make sure you stop in and see Michelle and her team. Gamecock owned and operated up to 28 miles per hour, but I'm pretty sure that this guy... Uh, went in there and rigged it because he was more along the lines of about forty-eight miles per hour as he was headed down, uh, yeah. right along, right along the waterline out there on uh, on Kiowa. So, ElectrobitesCharleston. dot com. Mm-hmm.
4: I uh, all right, so Marcus Satterville. who? Mark, all right, so uh, every this is from going from Omaha on, this is where we're going. The Lincoln Journal Star. All right, so here's his plan. Now, here's why this plan's awful uh for the SEC but could work in the Big 10. Uh so all that talk about 13 personnel last year that scared everybody and we were like, "Oh no, he's not really going to do that." Yes he is, Brett. Yes he is. He he is going to he is going to run this and it's like but we want one tight end to be a fullback, and one tight end to be a regular tight end, and one tight end to be a slot receiver, uh, and that's what we want to do. And he put out, he said, "I'll put my dog out there at quarterback if, if he'll be a winner and not turn the ball over and blah 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 blah." They've got Eric Gilbert, that the the, the former LSU Georgia tight end. It's kind of a he's been oh, kind of a head right. case so far.
7: Yeah.
4: Um, I right, see. So here, here's the thing. That's So it's 13 personnel, right, because it's one is your number of backs, three is your number of tight ends. But essentially what that is, guys, is the old-school I formation where you have a fullback and a tailback and a tight end, and then you have a slower guy in the slot. And what that does is it takes your speed completely off the field and forces you to really rely on what what should be a power run game uh, or a short, controlled pa- uh, I don't want to say controlled, but a shorter uh, kind of dink and duck passing game. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I, I would have never worked in South Carolina. That, and, and honestly, that's really not, uh, that's not what I saw that he tried to run. But, man, hey boy, you talk about dodging a bullet. If that was the plan moving forward, good luck ever recruiting a receiver or a quarterback that could throw it over 10 yards here. Um, although he did recruit some good quarterbacks i will say that but uh you know that kind of offense to me would be very very uh frightening uh, <laughs> if that's the plan uh is to just let you know we're gonna have three tight ends on the field at all times well great that means you're not gonna have how many receivers and backs none <laughs> Nine zero. Nine. <laughs> Uh, and so that's funny, um, but uh, anyway, good luck to the Huskers this year. In the Big Ten, though, man, if you get some big BVO linemen and you have a really good back uh, and you go recruit pretty well at tight end, I mean, you could do it. but it's almost like a Paul Johnson kind of thing where he had one receiver uh, and all that, so uh, I think I, I thought that was just kind of interesting. The, the, the first we've heard of Mark Satterfield, the, the evil genius has been in the lab with a pin in the pad, Trying to get his dang offense off, right?
7: Oh, uh,
1: hell. Okay. Gonna, gonna get tip. ready, Nebraska. You, you're going to beat Northwestern and Iowa this year if you play them, and uh, and everybody else is going to hang half a hundred on you because you're uh, going to be moving in quicksand. They're going to they're going to take the Big Ten by
5: storm. Something they've never seen before has arrived That's to what? the Big Ten. Literally. Uh, so, everybody. Everybody buckle buckle up. Speaking of the big ten, uh, Quantrell in the chat box said, I know Keith isn't a fan of Caitlin Clark, but 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 bro but but bro, she had a forty point triple double in the elite eight. Yeah, and he's right. I mean so, so Kate, that
1: Caitlin that, yeah, and big, everybody big else on, on that team. I mean, yeah. you know, come on. <laughs> 41, 10 boards and 12 assists last night. Nah, i give her, her that was a, That was a hell of a game. She's a
4: good player. I mean, she's, she's a, a player. great
5: player. <laughs> yeah. She's I mean,
4: a it's a different situation at South Carolina, though. I mean, because you've got a bunch of great players.
5: You have 12 uh, All-Americans. Yeah. Nah,
4: stats, you know. And they play as a team. You know, yeah. they're not upset that they don't you know, fill the stat sheet and all. That's what's. Amazing about Carolina is you can get a great defensive effort from like a team like UCLA, which did play pretty well on defense the other night and have an off shooting night, but they just smother you on defense. And I'm trying to think of a basketball team outside of maybe Nolan Richardson, but that was kind of a full court press all the time deal that guarded you with this type of talent like they do. I mean, they're, they're fully committed on the, the basketball, you know, sometimes you're not, Players aren't fully committed on defense, but this women's team is, and I think that makes them sort of, you know, upset-proof to a certain extent. Anything can happen uh, just by the way they play defense. So very impressed with that.
5: Well, mm-hmm. you can you can make the argument that like what we were talking about earlier on will, will the ratings be and for the men's final four? You can, you can make the argument that if the Gamecocks take care of business tonight, the, the most anticipated Final Four matchup next weekend will be in the women's game with Dawn Staley and the Gamecocks and Caitlin Clark in Iowa on Friday night at probably 7 o'clock. So we'll certainly talk to Keith about that. But you can make that argument. I mean, you really can. I mean, the men's game is bigger and, and there's more people that watch it, but this storyline will get out if Carolina does what they're supposed to do tonight. Uh, I can assure you that the national media wants it, so they'll make sure it gets out. Yeah, and L-
4: LSU and Kim Mulkey.
5: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. That's in in right. the
4: Final
5: Four, too. Yeah,
4: that's
1: one exactly. of the media darlings. Did go down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now well, they this go. is. Yeah. <laughs> this
5: is to y'all's point. This is to, Ohio State, Virginia Tech have to play tonight, but this is turning into potentially a dream Final Four scenario for the for the ladies' side with the stars actually aligning. Uh, so um, we'll get into that with Keith But um, time out, hour one In the books, JC's back Everybody
1: Relax What's up Gamecock fans This is Pitcher Noah Hall If you want some delicious food for your event I suggest visiting com today to find out what they all have to offer It's really good southern cuisine Based out of Charlotte, my hometown I hope you guys go check it out Go Cox and go Nanas
6: in MLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182
5: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
4: Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with
0: J.B., J.C., and
1: Phil. Go Cops. Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms. The second hour of the show starts now. And we're joined now by Keith Alsup on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. Keith, it looks like the men's tournament is uh, just like you drew it up, and the women are—you uh, know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what do you what do you think about the performance that uh, Don Staley had against the uh, and the girls had against UCLA this weekend? I thought uh, I thought UCLA had a chance to cover with their talent, but it just looked like they got smothered out again.
2: Well, um, I have a perfect bracket thus far in the men's tournament because. I just keep changing it after every set of games. So my latest <laughs> bracket is not busted uh, unlike everybody's original bracket that is disintegrated. <laughs> this is the first Lee. time it's the first time in the history of the NCAA tournament where there has not been a there will not be a single top three seed in the tournament. And so all the geniuses that sit in the room and debate and look at ken pom and all these other metrics and come up with the top 12 teams. Think about that now. Four regionals none of the top 3 seeds. That's none zero of the top 12 teams that the committee said these are the top 12 teams in the country not a single one made the tournament and Texas was the only one that had a chance. And FAU, I mean, hey, Lamont, check out how Kansas State and FAU have become relevant because it's a transfer pool and uh, it's finding guys that other teams clearly don't want. Hell, I can't even believe Miami. I mean, Texas just went ice cold in the second half. But really, I thought Dylan sue that injury for them that just doomed them. Uh, they were able to win on Friday, but you know, you get tired legs. The game gets tight, and then you got to hit. Outside shots against really good defense, and they just couldn't do it.
5: Of the four left in the men's side, who has been the most impressive team to you thus far with what with how they've moved through their their side of the bracket?
2: You UConn. I mean, yeah. clearly UConn, the way they just absolutely boat raced Gonzaga in the second half. That's crazy. Um you know, I, I had them as as one of my teams to watch. As far as going to the Final Four, I thought they could come out of that regional. I thought Texas could come out of their regional, but they they fell to Miami. Of course, I was not anticipating uh, Dylan DeSue's injury. But it's just a wild, wacky year. I mean, who had you know Alabama and Houston going out on the same night? I mean, that was wild and wacky. I was on the baseball diamond Friday night, and they were giving scores in between innings, and uh, two number ones go down, and, and it was wild. You know, there's been a lot of upsets on the women's side, and then I think last night we saw Caitlin Clark sew up the National Player of the Year because there were guys on Twitter last night live tweeting during that Iowa game about Caitlin Clark, national guys, that never tweet about women's college basketball like Bruce Feldman and guys like that. And they were going off. And, you know, I think, you know, number one, Louisville, I was surprised they made it as far as they did. They're very limited defensively. But Caitlin Clark, 40 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, 41 points. Don't let me shortchange her. 11 of 19 on 19 field goal attempts, 41 points, and 8 of 14 on threes, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. It may have been uh, maybe the most dominant performance across the board I've ever seen in uh, in a women's college basketball game.
5: So, Keith, we, we hit on this last week. And in and, and just a second, you know, we'll let you kind of take us through the matchup tonight between South Carolina and Maryland, their second of the season. If Carolina takes care of business, though, the way that we all expect them to, to do, um, and more than likely in Virginia Tech takes care of business against Ohio State, you, you've, if you are a, a fan of the sport of basketball, and I made this comment before, I'm not sure if you were in yet or not. Uh, You you can make the argument that that the most anticipated Final Four game coming up this coming weekend between both men and women would actually be on the ladies' side maybe for the first time ever uh, with Carolina versus Iowa and Caitlin Clark, because you just mentioned what what the national media has done to kind of prop her up. But bigger than that, for the ladies, if Carolina does what they're supposed to do, Virginia Tech wins, I'm not sure that women's basketball could ask for a – a better group of four in the final four because of the personalities, because of the storylines, the Clark, the Mulkey, the Reese. We know about the Carolina stuff. And then you'd almost have a number one seed in there in Virginia Tech. It's like, do you all mind? You know, we're, we're here too. Um, that would, But that would be a dream scenario, in my opinion, for the women's side of the bracket. I think you actually pointed out last week these exact four teams, didn't you?
2: I thought the most intriguing matchup on the other side, just because of the coaches, would have been UConn and LSU. I did think LSU would go to the Final Four. Uh, right. I picked Iowa and South Carolina. Um, but as I said, with UConn, it's just hard to pick them from game to game because their roster is so limited. You don't know if they're going to have all their players uh Sanchez went down with an injury. She missed some time. Ohio State, don't count Ohio State out. Their press really, as good a guard play as UConn has, Ohio State with their press has really confounded teams. And so I'm not really counting them out, although I do like Virginia Tech. I wish Elizabeth Kitley was more physical. She's a lot more finesse. Uh, But they've got a little guard from Australia that is a jet, and she can just shoot from NBA three-point range. Uh, But they're not that deep. But for South Carolina, this is going to be, I think, their most difficult challenge of the tournament because Maryland is not the same team they were on – November 11th, because Diamond Miller was just coming back from an injury. She was still out. She did not play. Lavender Briggs, who comes off the bench now, transferred from Florida, if that's a familiar name. Mm -hmm. She started in – Abby Myers, who is their second leading scorer, she was the only player that scored in double figures and she scored 21 points that night. The game rolled 81 to 56. But Diamond Miller is 6-3, and I just think she presents different challenges than any player South Carolina's face because she's so athletic, she can handle the ball, she can pass the ball. She's not a prolific three-point shooter, but you have to respect her range. Um, And Maryland plays five out, okay, around the three-point line. So they literally have no post player. So, and they play five players that can pass, dribble, handle, and shoot. That's what they do. They get up and down and transition. They average 80 points a game. Uh, they have attempted 642 three pointers. They made 36.1 percent. South Carolina has only has only attempted 490 three pointers and have only made 31 percent. Now Maryland was only six of 20 the first time they played South Carolina, but Diamond Miller changes the narrative and. You know, November the eleventh, nobody is in midseason form. Okay, and so to me, South Carolina likes to play Camila Cardoso and Aaliyah Boston together. How how do you do that if if Maryland has players that are making threes because Cardoso can't guard out there? Boston can a little bit, but Maryland is going to drive. And if they get by you, they're going to shoot a layup. If you come off and help, they're going to kick to a wide-open three-point shooter. And it's going to stress South Carolina. Now, I think the crowd will be overwhelming for Maryland. It was, uh, from what I was told from people who were there on Saturday, it was like a South Carolina home game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this this is a, a big challenge, but I think, you know, South Carolina has met every single challenge. And I don't know if you see more Leticia Ami here than Camilla Cardoso. Maybe you see more Victoria Saxton uh, than we've been accustomed to seeing because of matchups. And maybe it's just Cardoso for Boston and Boston for Cardoso. Or maybe Don just says, screw it, stop it if you can, and we'll just gamble and see how many of those threes you can make. To me, that's going to be really intriguing because you've got two completely uh, different styles of play.
4: Talking with Keith Allsup, About the women's game tonight, of course, Gamecocks and uh, Maryland tip off this evening. The right to go to the uh, final four, uh, the fourth final four in Gamecock history, uh, chasing their third national title. Um, You you know, you're you're right. Maryland probably isn't the same team that they were way back when, and and I think that they've looked pretty good and and played well. Um, And you mentioned the crowd and, and all of that. Who's the pressure on? more tonight uh you know i i would think most people would say carolina because that lost a game but you kind of sit all year with that loss like maryland did and and you played this well and and you you arrive at your moment of redemption you know sometimes i think that it's almost like a reverse effect uh with um you know with the team's kind of Oh, here we are again. I'm going to take my other shot, whereas the favorite sort of back there and relaxed and and ready to roll and just playing their game. What do you think uh, about that?
2: All right, so for South Carolina, they've won 34 straight. That ties the record for wins in a season, I'm assuming with uh, one of the two national championship teams they won 40 games in a row. I think the pressure is on South Carolina because I think every game that you go, I think the pressure mounts because you get that much closer to the season of perfection, that much closer to your goal. I think nobody does a better job than Don Staley of – making the main, keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is one game at a time. I think you have a very veteran team that almost everybody on this team, other than the freshman and Kara Fletcher, they've won a national championship. And that's a lot of players that are returning on this roster. Um, And so they've been through it. You know, they went through the, This is their second consecutive Final Four together as a team. Uh, It could be their third straight. If they win tonight, they've had two straight and really robbed of the fourth in 2020, you know, when COVID shut down everything and there was no tournament. And so this is a veteran team, even Kiara Fletcher, you know, she is a veteran player. She's really mixed in well. I think she's playing great. I think South Carolina's strength is in their numbers, in their versatility. They can guard Diamond Miller with three or four different types of players. Uh, L.A. can guard her. Bree Beal can guard her. Um Breezy Hall guard her. Or you could put a a smaller player like Zia Cook or somebody on her at times. Um, But you got to worry about Abby Myers because, man, she really really was a force in that first game, and she's been their second leading scorer all year. Diamond Miller averages almost 20 points per game and shoots 47% from the field, 80% from the free throw line, Um, And Meyer, she's a transfer from Princeton who sent Wes Miller, who has the worst toupee in the history of uh, women's college basketball, home in the first round. And she shoots 38% from three and averages 14.3 points per game. And then Cheyenne Sellers, who was a really... A good looking freshman last year. She is six foot two and she leads the team in assists and averaged 14 points a game. She has 130 assists on the season. So they only play about seven players, really. Um I just think South Carolina can run players in and out in waves. And I still say that South Carolina's the only team that can beat. South Carolina, but, yeah. you know, you, I think you have to hope Iowa. I mean, I just don't think – Iowa's not going to shoot that well against South Carolina. They're just not. Louisville is not a defensive juggernaut, nor were they even a juggernaut of a team. So, it's going to be interesting to see.
5: Well, and, and to your point, on defense, South Carolina uh, – the excuse me, Maryland in the NCAA tournament is scoring – about 82 points per game. But how about this, boys and girls? The Gamecocks are allowing 42 points per game, a 40-point difference going into the game tonight. So something either is going to have to give or at least bend a little bit. Carolina and Maryland, by the way, uh, the Gamecocks lead the overall series with them 4-2. to In the last five meetings, South Carolina is 4-1. and All five of those have been top 15 matchups. Tonight will be a top 10 matchup with a Final Four berth on the line. It's uh, it's it's remarkable what is turned here. Keith, forty-four and six since the beginning of the 2019-2020 season for Carolina basketball against ranked teams. 44 and six. I mean, All right, so
2: they do it with defense. They're the number one scoring defensive team in the country. They only allow 50 points per game. Yeah, they're the number one field goal, uh, opponent field goal percentage defense, 31%. They're the number one rebounding team in the country, differential, and they're the number two offensive rebounding team, and they rebound almost 50% of their misses. Right. So Remarkable. I still think it's South Carolina against the field. Um. I think – yeah, I, I said other than Iowa, Maryland was the toughest number two draw. I still stick by that. And really just a couple of bizarre games between Iowa and Maryland. Um, I guess they played, Iowa beat them 96 to 82 in Iowa. And then in College Park. Two weeks later, Maryland won 96-68. to Yeah. And so kind of hot and cold, both of those teams, because they rely so much on the three-pointers. And here's the thing in the experience, my experience with basketball over decades, maybe it's different now. But generally, once you get to the Final Four, teams do not shoot lights out from three it's a bigger arena depth perception is an issue and it's the team that plays defense It's the team that scores inside that rebounds uh and makes the most two pointers and so it's going to be really interesting to see greenville's like another home court advantage for south carolina Uh, i'm sure maryland's going to try to come out and Throw an early haymaker. But I mean, we've seen South Carolina come from double digits down in the first quarter to win several times against ranked opponents. So I, I just think until they lose, my money's on South Carolina because defense, rebounding, uh, toughness and experience, they've got all of that.
5: Is it and they them, got a
2: lead of Boston?
5: Is it on them to cover the 14 and a half tonight? <laughs> Help somebody I mean, make. I don't so really think
2: here. they care. Don Staley could care less about covering a point spread. Oh, I know. Yeah, but they just want to win, yeah. right? I, I'm interested to see what the point spread would be against Iowa uh next. I guess it's Friday, and it's really if you're South Carolina. I think I'd kind of be upset because. They did one team from each side of the bracket on Sunday and now one team from each side of the bracket on Monday. So you get one less day of rest, one less day of preparation uh, than Iowa is getting.
5: Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. Well, uh, my prediction is they will win tonight and it will be South Carolina and Iowa on Friday evening. Rest or no Rest. That defense so, for the what about that. Kim
2: Monkey's outfit on Friday? I she mean, did that like just make girl. everybody's eyes hurt as bad as it made my eyes hurt? I mean, and she had on the same pants last night, different top. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Want to I Think don't. about that, but I didn't know
1: oh, Muppets were an in species. You <laughs> you,
2: you yeah. can you can take the girl out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out of the girl. That's just. The way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Olsep,
5: uh Gamecock Pod Live. Gamecock Pod Live and Game... I do this every single week. Gamecock Pod <laughs> Daily and Gamecock Pod Live. Oh, I say, yeah, I always want to say, you know, locked on the Gamecocks, but I know. then I, I, I tongue tie myself.
4: That's hey, um, good not to have that locked association anymore. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. is. I, I saw some some, so, so some of that and some other markets uh, that just was less than less than stellar, right? So uh,
2: <laughs> I think game got uh, pod lives perfect. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I hope you had a great vacation. JC looks like uh, you put out a big story on on uh, year three and why uh, Shane Beamer is poised not to have that dip. Man, I hope yeah. you know who's coming in the You must know who's coming in on the transfer portal. I have major <laughs> concerns uh, on defense, but I think the offense is going to be much, much better. Maybe they'll just outscore everybody.
4: Well, you know, I—I I don't. I think they'll be all right uh, with, with edge. If they, you know, Strawn has to come back healthy. Uh, I think Desmond um, is Zulu is actually further along than people maybe anticipated. Uh, Terrell Dawkins, to me, is like the linchpin for the whole thing. Um, now, they're going to be young. Don't get me wrong. Pup Howard may be your starting linebacker. I mean, and the best one you got. But uh, I, think, uh, are they, I think they have a chance to be okay. They're just going to have to kind of uh, – not line up 230 pound defensive ends for uh multiple snaps in a football, yeah. Game. You
2: can't have Waldo because yeah, yeah. N- Notre Dame found Waldo every time in the bowl sure. game,
4: yeah. But uh, yeah, I I don't think there'll be a dip. I I think uh, I think this team could win eight games just like uh, last year, and and, and you know, now if the portal wasn't here. I think everybody would be, like, hoping he could get back to a bowl. <laughs> but uh, the portal kind of changes things with regards to that third and fourth year dip, and, you know, maybe Shane can avoid it. So that, that's that's the deal there. Certainly there's a lot of good players that, that are coming back and a lot of good players coming in. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And recruiting continues to roll right along. So I think in two years, three years, it's going to be a whole different conversation about expectations at Carolina.
2: And the, and the playoff will be at 12.
5: Yeah. And, yeah,
7: they'll, uh,
2: and
5: they'll be starting the conversations about how to get it to 36. Never ends. Yeah.
2: <laughs> kind of like the NCAA tournament. Exactly. So I was about to say. When, when South Carolina was really good, like you had to win the ACC tournament, and it was set up that year. Roach got the injury. The East Regional was at Maguire Arena, and so – there's only 16 teams, four regionals. So basically you had, or maybe it was two regionals. You only had to win one or two home games to go to the final four. And uh, Roach turned his ankle against Wake Forest and McGuire, his ego got the best of him, And they played chase against uh, Norm Sloan and NC state and, even though they went undefeated through the ACC regular season, they lost the conference championship. Didn't go and Bobby Cremens went on about a week uh, blackout, drunk uh, in the in the mountains, and it's still He's like the I- worst experience of his life.
4: He's an Irishman, man. Come on.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: so yeah, I read I read the Bobby Cremens story about that. They were just so I mean, that was just disappointing. So, so many body blows that this basketball program's taken. Um Roach turns his ankle, Thornwell gets the flu. Cremens goes back to Georgia Tech. Uh
2: Thanks, Jim Cop, Collins. Coppin
4: Cop State and Richmond. Yeah. Back to back years. I mean body blow after body blow.
2: Fang Mitchell. I still remember watching that game, and I just kept thinking, "All right, well, we're getting ready to make a run. Well, I'm not yeah. worried. We'll make a run. Perhaps I mean, we'll Carolina was
4: up nine in the. They were up forty to thirty-one in the second half, and I thought, well, they're going to put them away, and then just they just went ice cold, It's just yeah. a disaster, just a disaster. So, all right, Keith, mate, like. appreciate you. Have it, man. a good one, man. Appreciate you.
2: Should be interesting Can't for sure. Wait. Have a great wait. rest of the week, guys. JC, great to see your face back on uh, on the show.
4: Glad to be back, man. All right. Yes, we'll be back Thanks, after Keith. these messages. The show rolls on.
6: today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sierfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs.
6: NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182
4: Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
6: Yes,
1: he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
4: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing
3: it properly.
4: You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatt.
3: Hey, JC and Phil. If you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Edom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina
0: Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them. And, of course, they will be happy to talk to you about how you can potentially enclose a porch or a patio to enjoy the summer bug-free. Make sure you head to my Twitter
5: account. By the way, I've got the link up there. I tweeted it maybe an hour and a half or so ago uh, about how to play in the Plunder on Polly's in July. Travelingcountryclub.com uh, is uh, putting it together in partnership with the Salty Golfer. It's a sweet tournament, one round at Caledonia, one round at True Blue. Um, if for some reason you can't play, we get it. You might be busy, might be traveling, whatever it is. But if you are busy and traveling, especially in the Carolinas, and you want to play golf, then you need to be a member of this club, TravelingCountryClub.com. I'm a member. I'm I'm really proud to say it now. Uh, There are some awesome courses that I look forward to playing here soon. Actually, in the upstate, I'm going to head up there for a nice long golf retreat, and then we're planning one, a boys weekend, with my my old buddies, Nick Godwin and all those guys. Uh, We're going to go to Santee and play a couple of rounds. And uh, so we're excited about that. TravelingCountryClub.com. It's the modern golf club experience, and they tee up the work week here on Inside the Gamecocks, this show, TravelingCountryClub.com. Join me. Be a member of our club. Uh, All right, so a record could get broken tonight, and I'm going to ask you, too, if you think it'll happen. South Carolina has swatted 315 shots this season. That's the second most in NCAA history in 2014 UConn. Batted down three hundred and twenty-four. We're talking about blocks. Can they t- can they tie or break that record tonight, JC? What say you? Yes or no? Yes, Phil.
1: Not tonight. I think they do it Friday. I'm
5: with you. I'm under. I I, I, I think they get close, but they break it Friday. Well, it's
4: kind of like he said that uh, Maryland doesn't really play a center, so if they go in and start challenging the big guy, big girls, I, I think uh, I think that they could. Um,
5: you know, add up pretty fast. That's yeah. you know, it. I, I was looking at, you know, Diamond Miller, their leading um score, nineteen point six per game. She shoots just twenty-one percent from three point range. Do y'all know that?
1: Twenty one percent volume must be. So either that here's the thing though, is like I don't you know, and Keith, you know, kind of referenced it a little bit is but you got Cardoso who can just eat up the middle because she's six seven, right? And that's where you know between her and Boston, that's your block production right there. You'd <laughs> it, it, be damn foolish to try if you've got a smaller team who you know loves to you know the team full of shooters to to go anywhere near that. And that's why I think it's just the the game flow situation is going to keep them, I think, under that that threshold of uh, uh blocks. This yeah, she, this she is. End. Yeah, but geez, she she. <laughs>
5: As it pertains to, and I have, I have something very interesting I want to pass along in baseball. By the way, too, um, as it pertains to Mulkey's outfit, guys, she's doing her job. I don't care. Hey, every I don't I'm care. E- I don't care either. <laughs> I, ne- I I never watch it, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's atrocious. But the people that get all hung up on it, and they tweet about it. She's just bringing awareness to LSU's basketball program. Yeah, it's brilliant marketing. You could, I mean, you
4: could be really critical of some of the stuff Don Staley wears on the sidelines as well. Uh, and I don't care about that either. I don't either. So uh, let them wear what the hell they want to wear. They're both good coaches. Uh, I know Mulkey's as as not Keith's favorite coach. Neither she's neither neither is she mine. Uh, but I don't give a flip what they wear. I, I mean, you. I care more about like the uh, the uh, you know color of the dogs' poo in my yard next my neighbor's yard. Then I care that? about what the hell Kim Mulkey and Don Staley wear on the sidelines. I just don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. care. I, ca- I care more about this rock in the turtle pond that uh, is turning yeah. green
5: than that. I just don't give yeah, a flip. You, that means you need to clean the pond, JC. I would. I, if I'm, I'm on your side, I would. Well, there's only one. Well. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really need to clean it. But anyway, <laughs> only no, so that one rock and it's
4: moldy and gooey. <laughs> yeah, she's mad at me, Lizzie. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm like, uh, I don't really get a flip. Oh, by the way, Blake Franks is announcing uh, yeah, on Friday.
5: Yeah, recruiting yeah 345, guys, 345, I think. 345.
4: I think South Carolina's in very, very good shape with that one and Josiah Thompson. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the game guys are also in very, very good shape with Kelvin Hunter, and I think those three will just about do it in the state. Uh, people are asking me about the Staley kid at wide receiver from Aiken – that has some offers but uh, does not have a Carolina offer. He's going to Clemson. He's a Clemson legacy. Um I don't I I think honestly South Carolina did have some guys that they liked a little better. I think he was kind of in the mix for an offer. But at this point, you know, you're, you're what what are you doing if you go in there and offer him? I mean, you're not going you're not going to flip him and he's very similar to like uh the paler kid uh, who's better from North Carolina, in my opinion, um, and, and all that. Plus, he's again—he's a Clemson legacy, so that's probably that's where he's going. I mean, you know, so don't. Uh, sometimes you just don't need to waste your time uh, on that. But uh, and, and obviously, Clemson likes him better than Mazio Bennett because they've never offered Mazio Bennett. But yeah, you know, that's always up for discussion. Uh, I think maybe that's but but the, the Jonathan Payler kid and some of these other little speed burners they have uh, from around the country. Um, uh, yeah, I think they're better prospects and, and, you know, and at some point, you know, the kid's going to Clemson or he's, at least he's not going to be a game cock. Um, you just don't, you don't waste your time. Same. If you're a Clemson, you know, Clemson dude, I mean, Clemson never offered Cam Smith. Cam Smith was certainly good enough to play at Clemson, but by the time they kind of got around to it, you know, he was already, you know, Carolina and if not Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, or Florida state, you know, he was already gone. So, that's why I don't expect them to offer. I expect him to go, be a tiger, and we'll see how good he ends up being. I think he's a pretty good, really good player, but uh, you know that's just kind of how things go in recruiting sometimes.
5: Well, and I I talked uh, a couple of weeks ago to one of the coaches of Troy Stevenson at uh, at Philip Simmons, and I'll remind not remind everybody fill fill some gaps in here. Those numbers that you, I don't know what's going to happen with this kid. I don't know what his recruitment's going to do. I know that he's a, from what I've been told, he's a really good kid. Um, and he's a pretty darn good football player. I don't know, again, anything about what's going to happen with Carolina or anything like that. Here's what I do know when you, I, I often see this. Oh, he's too small. He ain't too small. He's almost six foot and he's 100, almost 185 pounds now. Okay, that's fine to play corner in the, in the SEC. So those numbers you're looking at are like freshman year type numbers, 160 pounds that probably needs to be updated. Um, but he's another one, Jason. I'll just kind of piggyback on what you were saying because another, another in-state kid that um, that people ask about from time to time and wondering why has this dude been – like uh, someone asked me, well, he's been offered by Notre Dame and LSU. Yeah, well, the guy that offered him at Notre Dame brought that offer to LSU. So he's Brian Kelly. Um. So I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen with his recruitment. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. There are some in-state guys that uh, at I'd, this point in time don't seem likely. I'd like to
4: see him try to commit Notre Dame or LSU and see what happens. Maybe they take him, maybe they would not I mean, uh, yeah, people, I don't
7: know.
4: some of these early out-of-state offers, people have to be very careful about. Um, And, and I think, you know, in the secondary, mm. you, you know, when you look, there is no way on God's green earth. Kelvin Hunter should have been ever ranked behind Troy Stevenson. When you look at the film, there's no comparison. No, Uh, Kelvin just kind of got the early offer from South Carolina and then has seen his recruitment pick up and up and up. That ranking is clearly an offer list ranking and an overvaluing of an offer from Notre Dame, in my opinion, because there's just no planet where Troy Stevenson's better than uh, Kelvin Hunter and they both play the same spot. I mean, not that Troy's not good. Um, and look, the kid from Greer that went to Notre Dame uh, a few years ago that nobody offered from the state, uh, he ended up playing pretty being a starter and I think he got drafted. So, you know, it's not the end all end all if you get an in-state offer or not, but just going by the film and not the offer list uh, with those two particular guys, I just don't see the comparison. I mean, Kelvin Hunter is a beast.
5: Well, and to to your point, and, to, and I know we got to hit a break here. And Quantrell's point, point, like, and you've said this a bunch, JC, um, and it just needs to continue to be reemphasized that in in within the borders, and we've heard Shane talk about this. He's not going. This is a, this shouldn't be unique. This should be like pretty widely accepted out there, but it's not. They're not going to offer a kid in South Carolina that they aren't willing to take a commitment from now they might wait to offer that kid when they feel like they are ready to accept a commitment, but they have to be ready to accept a commitment. If they're going to put out an offer and a lot of schools don't right? JC, but you've been in recruiting for, for 20 something years. They'll throw out an yeah. offer. A kid wants to commit and they'll go, well, hold on.
4: Yeah. You know, South Carolina got it. And this wasn't intentional. Like must champ. Muschamp did a good job recruiting in state, but one thing his staff did do that was different than maybe the Spurrier staff, which Spurrier staff, they, they absolutely would not offer an in-state kid unless they were willing to take them. And sometimes they messed up and didn't communicate the right way and ended up having to take guys that they didn't want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, Muschamp and company, they put out a lot of offers, especially early on to in-state guys that, you know, they ended up backing off of for whatever reason. Um, and so that was kind of a change under him, but I think Beamer's uh, taking it back to the old way. You know, like you've got Stevenson down there. You've got Marcus Downs, the defensive lineman from Riverside that has offers from just about everybody except Carolina and Clemson. Um, and they're going to be patient. You know, they're still recruiting these guys and, you know, um, bringing them in and, and things like that. Now, personally, if I were the Gamecocks, uh, as long as I was comfortable with down's film and legit size and all that after eyeballing him after he visited because a lot of times it's that. we want to look at you and make sure you are six four and a half. You do have these long arms that you know you talk about and all that good stuff. So uh personally you can't to me you can never go wrong with an in-state defensive lineman. There's probably about two out of 20 in my career that haven't panned out at least been damn good college players. Um, so that's a different spot than maybe like a, a like a Stevenson who's like a cornerback safety athlete type that, uh, you know, you're trying to wonder where where he can play and plug and you want legit 40 times on him and all that good stuff. So I don't know. I, I think uh, I think that's the deal. And uh, one more recruiting thing before we get to break. Sondra says, what's the barrier to recruiting states like Texas and California? Lack of connections to high schools, geography. I thought Samson might open the floodgates in Texas a little or maybe hoped. It's proximity, dude. Um, And everybody recruits Texas, so I'll put it like this. Those kids are going to fly over eight programs that are just as attractive, if not more, to South Carolina that want them, you know, before they get to South Carolina. And and then, you know, whereas – and there are a lot more California kids coming east, and there will be a lot more now that the Pac-12 may fall apart. But that's still a long way away. Uh, Football is not – basketball – Kids come from everywhere. Football is still very regional. You know, those kids don't like going too far from home. I, I think South Carolina has been exceptional for South Carolina in Texas. And if you can get one or two uh, over the course of two or three cycles out of that state that can help you, that's a, that's a good thing and something that hasn't been previously happening. But South Carolina is never going to have the floodgates open in Texas or really anywhere like that. I mean, if, if they had that opportunity to get the best of the best out of Texas – that means they're winning national championships and recruiting nationally, and uh, and, and so you're just going to get two or three from each state, uh, as that sounds. Hope that yeah. answers that question.
5: Yeah, and 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 I'll just kind of, uh, yeah, yep, like, there you go. And I'll just kind of piggyback. You Just can't commit all your resources to that, JC. You got, you know, you've got your your home base, and and you got to continue to knock those out of the park. But but you have doors open out there, which is good. At least you mm. can get in to see a kid if you like a kid as opposed to years, years
1: past. So. Well, yeah, and and what, what, a couple come from there with, you know, Beamer's history in Oklahoma, you know, before sure. coming here.
4: Yeah. But, they've, they've done well. I mean, they've gotten mm-hmm. more than anybody else ever has. And, and look, I'll, I'll say this. If you can go get a kid from Texas that may be the 79th best player in that state, and he's better than this seventh best player in South Carolina that you're kind of teetering on, you're going to go get 80 to 79. I mean, if you can get him and, and, you know, or, 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 you know, whatever player in Georgia or whoever. So it's still all about evaluation, but I, you know, look, they, they've gotten a kid from Texas just about every year since Beamer has been here. You know, yeah. you got Peyton Williams, you got Lana Sampson. Uh, you, know, you got Reed McKeska who's there out of Houston landed and, and Peyton are from Dallas. So they're getting around. Steps got some connections out there too. I, I, I think Carolina could sign one or two from Texas, you know, every cycle if things go their way, but if they don't, you got that Miami to Maine, man. That's South, what South Carolina's recruiting territory, primarily Miami to Maine. Uh, and they're hitting it hard, and uh, it's paying off well for them, especially in the D.C. area. Uh, and I think Virginia, North Carolina, New Jersey, states like that are going to be good at the Gamecocks, too, pretty soon.
5: Got some interesting stuff to pass along with baseball, and J.C. will fill us in on some major events coming up next month with Carolina Rise as we begin to round out our day. The weather is – starting to get a little nasty here in the low country so hopefully wherever any of you are uh, everything's been okay because it's been rough in the southeast for a while we are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters let me paint something.com that logo is just spectacular new parents the still family owners of a couple of painters let me paint something.com uh, Tristan, uh, sent us that photo, uh, last or sent me a photo last week of his little boy. Welcome to the world. Young man, 2041 future quarterback recruit for Shane Beamer. According to Tristan still, let me paint something.com. Well, I guess as we discovered, uh, Phil. Uh, he's he's going to be battling cloninger's young uh yeah, boys for right. a uh, spot in the rotation cuz
7: uh, right. it's DC- going to be a
1: stacked QB room there in the 2040s <laughs> they'll all look back and be like yeah yeah a man cloninger right. and uh well cloninger's still get the first
4: question at press conferences then Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they may give him
1: two right off the top. (laughs) Hey
4: Shane, thanks for doing this. So (laughs) my son, my little (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah,
5: yeah. yeah, That's a good
4: point.
5: All right, our final break, uh, and uh, we'll get to uh, these the news and nuggets when we return. Here in the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
6: NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Daddy, I want
0: you to take me to Disney World. The horror.
4: The horror. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on Earth. I highly recommend WhereThisRoadLeads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right, the mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on WhereThisRoadLeads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or you know more likely your first so you don't panic, go to WhereThisRoadLeads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cops.
1: Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Final segment of the show is brought to you by Moki's Muppet Hunting and Furrier, the only one you can trust to guarantee that the puppeteer's arm has been removed <laughs> before you put it on your body. What <laughs> I couldn't resist? We picked, them up. we picked them up while you were gone,
5: JC. They're, they're uh, paying us about $2,500 a week to say that. So, yeah, checks I in the mail, to, you know. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow! Oh, Go kid, um. <laughs> Go Kim I want to I just
0: chime in here and give a whole shout out to the LSU Lady Tigers for. Make up the final four. Kim Mulkey is a old girlfriend. I mean, an old. Fly. I mean, somebody I used to know. <laughs> hey,
4: what if what if Ed Orgeron sang that song? Uh, <laughs> <"How> <laughs> I used to somebody that I used
0: to know. I used to somebody that I used to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are the lyrics of that thing? You get her doing the other, you know, like the backup part. Somebody. <laughs>
5: I think the two of you should just lay lay down the track together. <laughs> was that right. was that a cheers? Did somebody just when then
0: when I think mm-hmm. of when we were together? <laughs> that when you said I oh, found out so happy that uh, you could die. <laughs> Told yourself that you were right for me, Professor lonely and your company. But that was loving, it's all like, I can remember.
5: Pretty, there you go, you
0: pretty good. To, I got the chorus, hold on. Well, <laughs> you didn't have to cut me off. They got like <laughs> it never happened that we were nothing, and I don't even need your love. But you're like a stranger, and that feels so rough. Now you didn't have to stoop so low. Have your friends collect your records and then change your number. I guess I don't need that, no, because now you're just somebody that I used to know.
1: What would be better would be her uh, diamonds in the Street, that was awful. Two of them to sing that—that's that, what you need.
4: I couldn't remember the tune and read the lyrics at the same time. But you remember that was pretty popular like ten years ago.
7: That that's
1: right. We're gonna someday. get youtube for that. Yeah, that Jeez. <laughs> yeah, if we do, I'm, yeah. I'm
4: going to YouTube headquarters and complain. There's yeah. no way. <laughs> you know.
1: that Didn't even remotely sound like what the song is.
4: <laughs> that was terrible. No. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get I gotta get my, my mojo back, guys. That's yeah it. Disney's just Disney's like destroyed me.
1: It <laughs> took it out of you. <laughs> right.
5: Beginning to, beginning to wind down from the uh, <laughs> Sinorama Studios. <laughs> uh where by the way they'll wrap your vehicle if you need them to Sinorama.com. Um I I did uh I did earlier mentioned Carolina. I'm sure many of you have already seen it. They're in the top ten and now in D1 baseball coming in at number nine, which, by the way, that makes them the fifth highest ranked SEC team once again. Number one is still LSU. They're also in the top ten in baseball America and as long as they take care of business this weekend, start Starkville. Well, hey, as bad as Mississippi State has been in the league, this is still a quad two opportunity this weekend over there. Just so everybody is aware of that. They're 63 in the RPI. If they take care of business, as of today, if you are a follower of all things polls, Collegiate Baseball has LSU number one, South Carolina number
7: two. Ooh.
5: So if... You take care of things MSU, old Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. by by virtue of one rank, which I look, I, I appreciate collegiate baseball's polls. I always have. I, I'm a D one guy. I go by D one baseball's polls, but you would have somebody out there next week would have a one, two matchup. If things work out this week for the Tigers and the game, so
4: we'll well, Th- those are the two best programs in the sec for the told the 2000s. Don't you think?
5: Oh sure we the numbers I mean, back that up yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I
4: know Georgia know. went to the championship game and lost to Oregon State one year. I can't remember anybody else from the SEC
5: are you talking about the opening go? decade the 2010 the 2000s 2000s 2010? yeah two thousand 2010 I, I think you could jC I honestly think you could make that argument oh, I mean until just a couple of years ago I mean you could go be you could go past that I mean they were there the, they were one and yeah. two.
4: Yeah, Tay said Vandy, but Vandy didn't really come start coming on until the 2010. like
5: two thousand thirteen,
4: yeah. fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. yeah, that that and then that, and this has not been. That was not a good decade for yeah. Carolina baseball.
5: The decade of uh, two thousand ten to twenty twenty was owned by the SEC. Period. I mean, yeah. it's, honestly, period. the whole the whole century has been owned by the SEC in college. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, oh, I mean, seriously. Till,
4: oh, oh, until until Oklahoma and Texas joined the league. Wow.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, I. I
1: Seems like every revenue sport gets incredibly stronger with the addition of those two here. I mean, it's just nuts. Think about that the the, other conferences are doing are are they, are they impacted as greatly as we feel like the SEC will be with just those two programs coming in? No, Mm -hmm. no, no.
4: UCLA and USC are, are kind of weird and intriguing. I mean, I think Oklahoma and Texas have always.
5: I don't. I, I so, don't think sort of that's going to be as impactful. What? They're everything they have to do is across the country.
1: Well, like, and it's going weird. Their best years for both of those were in a time, guys. Think about it. When the world was much larger than it is now, uh, they were in a major market. So they should have been the top programs and were competing at that top level, but that day is long gone now that the world is smaller and you know, the landscape is completely different and I don't think they'll ever reach those heights again. You cannot live off of LA like you used to back then. No.
5: I mean, JC was just singing that.
4: Yeah, I
1: agree. (laughs) Uh, It's,
4: Look, it's, LA's yeah. found the sunshine
5: most it's, of the time, of the and the, the time. feeling is laid back. Well, it's very true. I cannot believe Mississippi State's TMERA is 15 in the league in league play. <laughs> yeah, that's you, you, you want. Hilarious. You want to hear something real bad? And, ha- and I know JC, we're we're squeezing time here, so you can make sure. You, but we can always talk about it every day for the next month. But the, <laughs> small sample size. for this poor kid, Tyler Davis, who was thrown into a game last week, he. Uh, he logged one third of an innings pitched. Well, to get there, he gave up seven hits, eight runs, two walks, a double home run and eight at bats. Yep. And, uh, he got hit, got the, he did get that one out. Unfortunately for Tyler, after that one third of an inning pitch, that's the only, that's the only, um, you know, that's the only time, time he's seen in league play His uh, his ERA in league play guys is. Two hundred and sixteen.
7: <laughs> I've never seen that
5: either. Wow! Either. <laughs> Bro. Sorry, man. Tyler. I mean, but it's kind of funny, man. <laughs> you know, poor kid. Uh, although he transferred from VCU, he just did. Yeah, he's they're hitting a rock big enough to hide underneath. Sometimes, man, this poor. Kid. Man, he's not.
1: He's like throwing a softball at fifty <laughs> miles an hour. But if you, if you, it's if Oh, God.
5: Uh, so, yeah, here we are, teeing up the Gamecocks for them to go over, and they get beat twice this coming weekend. Everybody's like, I thought y'all said it was going to be easy.
1: Well... Oh, there's nothing no, we'll, easy. Here. There's nothing sure. easy.
5: I'll, uh, JC, uh, thebigspur.com has all of the details and the link. You can go to carolinarise.com as well, right, to purchase tickets to both events, April 27th and 29th.
4: Yes, uh, 27th and 29th, we, uh, we have... Um, a, uh, an event both in Columbia on Thursday, the 27th, uh, in the evening from four to eight and also in Charleston, uh, from 12 to four, uh, on, on that Saturday, we have, uh, you have the, uh, uh you know, another event uh, there at home team barbecue in Mount Pleasant home team barbecue in uh, five points for the first one, get a meeting to greet players. We, we've got Mario Anderson jr. Coming. We got Jalen Nichols coming, uh, off the top of my head, a uh, Mo Cabo will be there to carry and Joiner uh, working on a, a lot of other guys too. Uh, so there'll probably be like, uh, you know, probably a dozen players. You get to have access talk to the players, uh, take pictures with them. Uh, it's a fundraiser. So there'll be other stuff there for sale. Like if you want a video shout out, like if you want to get to carry and Joiner to shout out your kid for his birthday, you can do it right there on site. We'll have a 50, 50 raffle uh door prizes you know whatever it'll be a nice uh, little trip i'll be there uh my brother will be there uh some other special guests are scheduled to be there as well uh so just a nice fun time uh hanging uh with the gamecocks uh on that thursday night and then also on that saturday and for those of you that uh you know i think there's a baseball game i think old miss is that weekend auburn. Uh, maybe auburn uh Look, we'll have football. the game on. So you can sit there and watch the game and hang out with football players and bring the kids and eat a meal. Uh, tickets are already uh, – information is already up on carolinarise.com. Also, on TheBigSpur.com, you can get all the information, and we'll continue to, to put information out as
5: we get it. And I don't know if this will increase or decrease traffic through the building, but I'll I'll be there as well. So uh, Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully that helps.
3: I plan on – Nice.
5: Uh he said I can bring a date, so uh, my- I can bring Michael Flint. So you can bring Michael Flint.
1: That's right. How much are you selling your autograph for, JB?
5: I told him he needed to straighten his hair before this uh, before this event, so we'll see. Ah! We'll see yeah! what happens. <laughs> hey,
4: Georgia running back Kendall Milton's out for the rest of spring.
5: Oh, oh, cool. that's that a, that's a that's big line. news over there. Some Also, uh some late... Well, late in our show, breaking news. Noah Hall, SEC Pitcher of the Week. Ethan Petrie, SEC Freshman of the Week. So, uh, congratulations to them. Uh, Tomorrow, Carolina will be in town to take on the Citadel, and we certainly look forward to that. uh, Headed out there tomorrow night as well. But prior to then, Dawn and the women tonight, they'll tip it off at 7 o'clock against Maryland, and we'll have you fully covered here tomorrow. Mike Morgan will join us tomorrow. Brad Crawford will join us tomorrow, so it's a big day. On Inside the Gamecocks, the show, JC Sherbert is back for the rest of his life, which is fantastic news. And uh, and then and then Phil is he's just the mastermind behind it all,
1: just here pulling the strings, winding the cranks. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday again, baby. Love you, Dina.
5: Oh yeah, love you, baby. I mean, love you, Dina. Uh, we'll, Happy birthday. Uh, D! We'll <laughs> for Phil and JC, I'm JB. See you tomorrow at 11.